What's up, OBR Film Breakdown listeners? Before we get to today's show, just a reminder about the $100 in free bets over at the number one sportsbook, FanDuel Sportsbook. Use the promo code OBR today to claim that $100 in free bets. Again, that's promo code OBR at FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older, President Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on 1-1-2023. Unique user identification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now, the latest on the OBR Film Breakdown Podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome in to the latest OBR Film Breakdown. This is being recorded on Tuesday, December 27th. Hope your holiday went fantastic. This show is presented by FanDuel. I'm your host, Jake Burns, and we're going to have Jared Mueller on in just a moment. I want to apologize. Haven't had an episode out in a couple days. Um, obviously, Christmas and then uh, some sickness going around the house, and that kind of carves into my ability in the evenings to record an episode, but we're back. Should have some good questions that we can answer here as the Browns come off of their 17-10 unfortunate loss at home which ended their playoff hopes and everything everything positive that was going on around the team because they had won three of their last four you're starting to feel good you could sense that they were fighting for a playoff hope they go up 10 nothing and then obviously lose this one in in close fashion and I think if you followed me long enough um, this podcast particularly I'm going to try to shift my focus right like I think like like you guys, I'm a fan at heart, and it's it, it wears me down at times to think like, you know, that they have a, a really good structure, really good group here, and the results aren't coming in, and people want to move to firing people that I think it's too hasty, and I, and I don't generally agree with, and I let that wear me down sometimes. So I'm going to continue to talk about what I think I would do, knowing damn well that I don't know everything around the situation. Anybody who tells you that they know everything about what's going on in the walls of Berea is generally lying to you. They don't. Uh, we have to try to read the tea leaves. We have to try to do the best we can to figure out what's being done, why it's being done, and um, the, the ramifications of those decisions. And that's really what I'm going to try to focus on. I know that the postgame pod is a little depressing because I'm just I'm at wit's end about what to do with Kevin Stefanski with so many people wanting him fired. And I can only say the so, same thing so many times. And, you know, I don't think Kevin is... Uh, an infallible character in what has been a disappointing six and nine season. But I do think that there have been justified reasons I've laid out in episodes of this show where I do believe that he deserves to get one more shot. If they don't think he does, I would like to figure out the reasons why not. And then, and then try to piece together the decision they make around that. So like I said, I think I've been a bit of a downer lately with this stuff. I'll try to be a bit better, bit a bit more analytical. Um, That starts today. We'll bring in Jared Mueller, Jared, What's up, man? I hope that this stuff hasn't, um, you know, worn you down as much as it it, it is. I mean, I'm I'm just admitting it. It's it's been a December has been a trudge. Even in the midst of like the the three or four wins there, um, it it has been it's been tiresome. And you know, and today with the 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 Miles Garrett stuff that happened, uh, you know, sitting him out and. People want to argue and pinpoint the blame somewhere. I mean, I get what people are doing. They're trying to make their case for who they think should be coaching the team and why 
this example is a reason why this person shouldn't be doing what they're doing. But boy, is it, um, let me put it this way. It just feels like we do this so often. We do it so often. We're considering another coach and it just feels like we've been going in circles so long, man. And it never, you know, it never seems to, to see, to see a reasonable ending. You know, even when like, it's funny, you, you, you replace Stefanski. It's like, maybe we'll get a guy who could be coach of the year and lead this team to the playoffs. <laughs> Family guy skit, right? Where the, 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 the mystery the box. Yeah. Maybe you could get that. You know, I don't know. I, I think we're all, and me included, I'm trying to shift my focus of this show to just, uh, you know, we'll see what happens sort of thing. But it is is taxing. It's mentally taxing to go through all these coaching changes over time and be so see so many people pushing for that direction again as if it's like a sort of comfort. You know what I mean? It is. And, and the reality is it's so much easier to tell. It's kind of like working through film. Like I can tell you why a play didn't work, which is way easier or even why it did work i can do that when a play when i know the outcome of a play i can be pretty good at breaking down the film and understanding this happened here the he moved his eyes here whatever where i think what makes you and john and and some other people really good is you can look at a play and go this is how he got five yards not seven or not two right and understand all the nuance i think that's really what we're talking about is is the nuance is less interesting and more difficult than just kind of the broad stroke, let's fire somebody. Because when you look at hiring, and I actually just thought about doing this while you were talking about being more analytical, I'm just looking at the people that are in in their positions, the teams that are currently slotted to make the playoffs, and, and the coaches that they have, right? Buffalo, when Sean McDermott was hired, no one knew for sure or believed that was a great hire for a defensive guy. Mike McDaniel, he didn't even call plays in San Francisco very often or very much. Uh, and and looked kind of funny. It was kind of dorky. I don't know about him. Even when Bill Belichick was hired by the Patriots, no one was like, oh, they were like, oh my goodness, he failed, left New York, failed in Cleveland, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Zach Taylor, I'm not sure anybody still believes in him. John Harbaugh was a special teams coach. Mike Tomlin was coming out of Minnesota. No one knew who he was. Uh, Jacksonville, um, you know, they brought in a coach, Doug Peterson, who was fired in Philadelphia a year ago. Um, Mike Vrabel, whatever, right? So I'm just going through these lists. Even Andy Reid, right? When Andy Reid was hired, it was like, well, he failed in Philadelphia. He can only go so far is what was kind of the talk about him. And you can go down the list of all of these people. Either they weren't known, uh, Siriano in Philadelphia. People thought they were failures like Mike McCarthy in, in Dallas, uh, Brian Dable. It just, the list goes on. No one knows for sure. There is no slam dunk. When Sean McVay was hired from Washington, he was a 30 year old kind of offensive coordinator who make Kirk cousins look okay. Like there's just so many ways that there is no right answer. We don't know the right answer. We do know, or it's easy to say this is wrong. And I think it's so easy for us to do that, but not a single person. Listen, Sean Payton and his all-star staff that he's putting together could come to Cleveland. He's not, uh, he could come to Cleveland and not be a very good head coach or the team not be very good because it's not that simple. Yeah. So what we try to do or what we'll parse out over the next two weeks, which are relatively inconsequential, but they'll be blown into something. You know, that was the funny part is, is we wanted to make it out like, Oh, this isn't a very big deal. This game uh, with this weather against the Saints, but all of a sudden it's like you're just you're just taking everything you can from this game, uh, in which touchdowns were dropped and plays were left on the field, and 
you know, you want to decide that the coach can't can't get his guys to make those. But I mean, I get it. They people want to win, and, and if you lose, it brings about you know bottom line business, right? It's just a bottom line business, and and that's the danger we're up against in these last two games. And uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, I think the the fair question as we start looking at some burning questions for today is, you know, if they if they go down that path, you know, who who is let me put it this way. Is it an all or nothing thing with this staff? Like, do you think that they're comfortable enough giving Kevin a second opportunity to hire special teams, defensive staff, or do you get the vibe that that won't be something they're comfortable doing because it sends maybe the wrong message, right? You know, that, that, that there's a forced, uh, there's a forced arrangement sort of thing here. And that, that could, that could make a lot of potential candidates uncomfortable because I can see both sides of that. So I'm curious as, you know, we look today uh, about the defensive EPA metrics and how they're almost identical to last year. The, the first 10 games of the 21 season, the Browns were 28th in EPA on defense. And this, the last 10 games, uh, I'm sorry, week 10 through week 18, uh, I should say week 11 because the breakdowns week 1 through 10 and then week 11 through 18, they were fourth to finish the year. And that's why everybody was like, you know, rightfully optimistic coming into this year, the first 10 games of this year, weeks one through 10, um, you know, you're looking at 30th in the NFL and EPA. And then since week 11, they've been second, according to true media. So it's like, it's just, you're walking a dangerous line here of what are you believing in and what are you not? And I think the question does need to be asked uh, if you think that they'll be comfortable replacing parts of a staff, Kevin's comfortable doing that. Uh, instead of um, instead of them making him, you know, or they just remove them all, bring in somebody new. Yeah, I think that's a great question. I, you know, I wrote about kind of the the 2020 process over at Dogs by Nature, just a reminder of kind of how it went. Paul D. Podesta kind of set the structure for the interview process. They hired Kevin Stefanski. He joined the general manager search, and that then they hired Andrew Barry, right? And their five year contracts lined up together. You know, the, the word alignment was such an important part of it. You know, they have meetings on a you know, weekly basis with the D.C. and the you know, Van Pelt and all that. So I think it I think that's one piece is that it's kind of like, well, this is all we're all one. We're aligned. We're making these decisions, you know, unless someone does something silly or crazy, different conversation. But we're all making these decisions. We're collaborative. Right. Those are kind of the two big words. So I think it's hard to to really parse it out. I obviously you can make a decision to say Joe Woods has got to go and my prefer has got to go. But how much would Paul D. Podesta, Andrew Barry, and then Kevin Stefanski play a role in what Woods and Prefer are doing on a weekly basis? So I think it's really difficult. I think the second part is every every single person would know that was getting interviewed that they are possibly interviewing for a one-year job. And so are you going to get the best candidates or are you going to get some young guy who maybe you know, wants to get this defensive coordinator shot just to get it on his resume or an older guy who hasn't been in a league in a year or two is like, yeah, sure. I'll come back for a year. No big deal. Right. Are you even, so then it goes to that mystery box, Joe, Joe Woods versus someone who will come in for the idea that they might only get one year in this role, right? That's going to limit kind of who that uh, candidate pool is going to be. And I think they're kind of, they would process through all of that and they'll probably come to the decision with a little push from Jimmy Haslam that they have to make staffing change. I think Ben Albright, whether, you know, whatever people think about him has kind of noted uh, something similar to that. 
Um, but I don't know if that would be an analytical, I don't mean that from an analytics perspective. I don't know if that would be a, a data oriented, a thought process or more of a, okay, we got to make some changes for the sake of making changes. Uh, Cause if not, we're, our butt is on the line. Well, that, that shifts to the question too of, of uh, this write up over the weekend about Jimmy Haslam and loving Tennessee's okay. air raid and a desire for more of it. I guess it's like, is that article, which feels like there have been many December Browns articles similar over the past 10 years, right? Usually is it like Locke and Forna, Jason Locke and Forna writes those articles. He gets it fed directly and writes those. But this felt like it had the same vibe around it where they're, uh, they're talking about changes that are going to be made. And I don't think you can take it lightly. It's funny. The nature of it is funny. But it's not ludicrous if you go back just to a few years ago. I think we've shifted, Jared, to where we think like, you know, that they have some great alignment and Jimmy's out of the way and they're doing these, you know, it looks like everyone's in lockstep and people have been sort of low-key envious of the Browns front office, right? They've hired people away from it. And now it's like, oh, yeah, this is the same guy who did social media stuff on the wall, right? He would post it on the wall. He would do... Um, you know, walk around and pick people's brain that didn't matter. And, and you know, you forget the full Jimmy Haslam experience that we got four years ago. And like this story, although laughably goofy, is not crazy to me. So you're talking about an offseason where you could potentially have these changes, right? These changes to the defensive and special team staff, huge. Um, who knows how much of an ultimatum is put around those changes, but also a change to the to the schematic stuff here and not that i don't think they need that jared i think they do need to add some wrinkles to it but you got to look at the tea leaves here and and you can see the the meddling that is starting to to trickle in as you know it's like okay they went to the playoffs divisional round hands off no one say anything last year baker mayfield's a problem got rid of him now it's like okay six and nine again maybe finish with the same eight nine record who knows what they end up doing now it feels like people are going to start stepping in and it's got a chance to go back to that last year of Hugh Jackson, even if you do want to give Kevin another year, right? You know, you're talking about some of the stuff around, is this a one-year opportunity? You know, I believe in Kevin enough. He's the type of head coach that I like, that I think it can work. I think he can hire the right person and it can work in perpetuity. But you see the tea leaves here, man. This is not going in the direction in terms of the right people staying. It's not It's not Indianapolis, right? It's not, uh, it's not Denver right now that bad, but, but it is – you know, it's it's got some stuff floating around. That article, as I as I thought more about, it just makes me uncomfortable, and I and I don't um, I don't know really what to think of it of it all. So we're we're just gonna have to sort of see where that shakes out. But that's a lot of change in an off season. Maybe that's good. I guess that's what I'm asking you. It's like, yeah. can they do that much change and still be in a good spot? You know, I think they can, but it's it's got to be about the why, right? I, one of the reasons, the reason I'm blocked by Mary Kay Cabot is is a very similar conversation where years ago she said um, the Browns are going to bring in somebody to be Sashi Brown's boss, a more traditional football guy. And basically, my argument was that doesn't make any sense. Sashi Brown is this trying to bring in someone to be his boss or even to answer to him that were football guys and more traditional, like that becomes really, really complicated because, you know, it's kind of like, I'm going to still run the ship, but I'm going to run it your way. Like that doesn't make any sense. Or I'm going to give over ownership of this um, so that I keep my job. Like it just, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And so the air raid, and I tweeted about it because I was thinking about uh, Jonathan Jones's article as well on CBS sports. 
there, there's no one right way to win in the NFL. There are lots of good offenses. Obviously, throwing the ball is more important than running the ball. There's there's enough data to prove that. But um, otherwise, there are a lot of ways to win in the NFL. Um, and so the fact that Air Raid, just because it worked in Tennessee for a little while, might you know have grabbed Jimmy Haslam's uh, interest doesn't really mean anything to me because again, it's not a bad, I don't love the air raid. It's not my favorite, but wrinkling it in, throwing it in is great. Um, but it's not the, you don't win just because you have a system. You don't win because you're running RPOs. You don't win because you're doing air raid, West coast offense, slant flat power duo wide zone. It doesn't freaking matter what you're doing. That's not why you win football games. And so my bigger concern, all that change could go fine, right? Keep, some of the staff bring in some coordinator differences, whatever. It's why you're doing it, where it's coming from, because you're exactly right. Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley. Now, those are two very strong personalities. But, you know, how does that work if Kevin Stefanski's handing over the offense that has been designed and structured to run his scheme? Well, do they are they going to need different types of offensive linemen? You know, do they want different types yeah. of receivers than they've been all that stuff. How useful is Nick Chubb? All of those questions start to play play out then, and then you get you get a whole lot of disjointed nature. And Kevin Stefanski's whole job then is to bring together a new defense coordinator, new special teams guy, and and generally in this case, a new offensive offensive coordinator, and somehow make it all work because some of the coaches weren't good, and Jimmy Haslam wants an air raid system. That's just a recipe for disaster, it seems. Plus, yeah, I mean, there's personnel on both sides. If you get a new coordinator, there's potential for preferring types of players that yep. are not on the roster, and um, that carries risk, too. So, um, yeah, man, it's not all black and white. It's not plug and play, and you just figure it out. There's a lot of moving parts here that will hopefully avoid some of it, but it seems like some of that is inevitable at the same time. We'll take our break of the show, uh, hear from our sponsors, and then we will be right back. Hey, guys, telling you again about the – Fantastic offer coming up from FanDuel, America's number one sports book, which is coming to the Buckeye State at the turn of the year. They're already available. If you go in, sign up, you get $100 in free bets with an early sign-up bonus. Now, again, reminder, you cannot get this offer if you wait around and do it after the turn of the new year when, when it's a go-live date for sports betting in Ohio. You have to do it early. You get an early sign-up bonus by using the promo code OBR. Very simple. Just OBR. Get that sign-up bonus. Right, get a hundred dollars in free bets. Just have to download the FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. Safe, secure, super easy to use. I already do it for some of the shows that I do on Sundays, just to look at lines and give advice. Download that app, Ohio. It's your chance to get in on the action. Join today again. Promo code OBR. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Again, the disclaimer: twenty-one and older. Got to be present in Ohio. Bonuses issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio, 1-1 of 2023. Unique user identity verification is required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide 
that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. All right, Jared, so just a couple questions to finish here, uh, kind of looking at these last two games uh, specifically. Um, you know, should they shut people down, I think, is, a, is an interesting question, right? There's nothing to play for. At this point, the only thing that comes out of this is one of two things. You're a believer that the momentum of the end of a season carries over to the next year, which has never proven to be real, but maybe you're a person who believes in that. Um, that's, I guess, the flip side of it. Or do you shut down Nick and Miles and your some of your bigger names? I think Deshaun needs to keep playing to keep exposing mm-hmm. the offensive structure and NFL speed. All of that needs to keep happening for him, but there are players here that I think you can consider maybe not shutting down but pulling back reps which I thought was a little bit of what was going on with Miles as we now have figured out that there was more to that story a little bit in terms of we don't know the details yet so I'm not going to go into detail on this pod until we know exactly what happened I have a general idea but I don't want to speculate um, you know tying to to not calling in I guess would be the thing maybe missing a meeting or a practice I'm not sure Jared but um, you're starting to see should the, 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 the consideration is should you do reel back is it would be really unfortunate to lose someone to like uh, uh, Olivier Vernon and Achilles or Tack McKinley late season Achilles or, um, you know, something like that ending the season this year that goes into next season because you played guys in worthless games. Like I remember last year the Browns were eliminated and they clearly weren't playing Nick Chubb all too much just to kind of peel that back and Peyton Manning and Eli Manning were going off on the broadcast about that. But like, uh, just curious if you think a, it's a good decision and B, do you think it will happen? You know, I, a, I do, I think it is a good decision. I think honestly, um, I, I mean, to be honest, I think if this miles Garrett thing hadn't happened even more so. Right. But I think there's a part of this whole thing there. He's got to go out there and really show the effort and really show that he's a defensive leader, all that. If if what we think has happened has happened, um, he's got to kind of prove that he's all in, even if he's not, right? I wrote an article. I said how he responds to this discipline could really impact the Browns' future because either, you know, Stavansky's got to go because Miles Garrett's out on him, or this kind of becomes a little bit of a rallying cry, and it's like a, yeah, 
I can be held accountable as well. Right. Kind of thing. Or it's nothing, which is fine. If it's nothing, if it's no big deal, he's like, yep, my bad. Wasn't even thinking, thought I said, you know, whatever. Um, but it could really be decisive for some of their future. And, and is miles a leader and is he going to be all in and is he on board with Savansky, all that kind of stuff. So before this, you know, I, I thought there'd be six players that, you know, they, they would shut down or, or should shut down, including Amari Cooper, even though Watson, you know, needs to get his development. I think Cooper and him can figure that out in the off season, uh, early into next year. I want to kind of keep him down miles, Nick, um, you know, some of those kind of guys and to give some opportunities to get some younger guys, some reps, Michael Woods, you know, those kind of things. Uh, Isaiah Thomas on the defensive line, uh, whether they do or not, given everything we've seen from them, I think they'll ramp back a little bit. Um, but like last year, Baker Mayfield decided he was done when they were eliminated from the playoffs. I think this will be different in that the team will decide what's in the best interest of the team. They're both road games, so they're not disappointing their home fans. I think you'll see a lot of ramp back on that. Uh, Jerome Ford, Dearness Johnson, maybe even Cream Hunt might be actually asking for some more carries uh, to kind of see if, especially the two vets, can kind of push up their value. Since I don't, Johnson's carried the ball very few times this year uh, that I can remember. So I think they'll ramp it back. I don't think they'll sit anybody unless uh, Miles' injury, like they decide it's going to be surgery, you know, some of that kind of stuff. Uh, but I yes. think it would be a good yeah. idea. Same for Amari Cooper, if what they're dealing yeah. with with him um, justifies some of that too. I think people will put way more weight than what is necessary here. And anytime you're on the road in week, the final week of the season with Pittsburgh, and it's funny because you know the Browns' situation of making the playoffs that they won last week becomes a little more clear, especially with Tua potentially out for the remainder of the season or whatever is going to happen with that latest concussion for him. And it's like, okay, if Pittsburgh makes it <laughs> that same path, makes it week 18 and they're uh you're a part of them making it that would um that would be particularly rough you just never know i mean there's just a bunch of scar tissue here man i'd like to think you know the signs of waiting on joe woods in in this season to be fired or anybody to be removed and it seems like there's a bunch of um a bunch of patience being shown but you you really never know like i said you have scar tissue from so many of those uh, year after year, uh, seemingly from like 2008 on, right, where it was just almost year after year speculation or decisions made that it's hard to, ah, eh, nothing will happen. It's still, it's still <laughs> the Browns. Um, last question here is, you know, what types of performances? This is something going on. We've had, you know, I, I think the local people understand some things with Watson. He has not been great. He's been pretty average to below average. He's been fine, is the way I would say it. But he's certainly not 230 million expectation level quarterback right now. But there are others around the league who cover the league who obviously don't like him, which that's fine. You know, certainly the scenario Watson put himself in, there are going to be people that don't like him as they have no attachment to the the organization. They have no they don't cover the team. They don't talk about or think about the Browns every day. What they see is a number and they decide to riff on him. Right. And this is what's going to happen all offseason. Um, is Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson 2.0, right? Is, is look at all the money the Browns wasted as the draft gets here. It'll be, you know, they gave up another first. They could have had this player when the Texans picked, right? Um, that's, that's what will be out there. Um, unless he plays well over these last two games and gives you a glimpse. Do you expect him in these two games against two pretty good defenses to give people a glimpse of what he can be in the decision the Browns made? 
And uh, I guess on top of that is, is if he doesn't and he plays sort of the level he has been playing so far, how loud do you expect that noise to get over the off season? Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think the season or the end of the season goes one of two ways. Deshaun Watson finally makes sure that uh, Mike Tomlin has a losing record uh, for the first time in his career as Pittsburgh's head coach and has some kind of amazing game in week 18 or this off season is miserable again and deservedly. So listen, uh, even if Watson didn't have everything from the off the field and people listen, that stuff's been dealt with. You think how you think, feel how you feel, respect all of it. But even if, even if he didn't have that, like you said, Russell Wilson, great example, bunch of draft picks gone, bunch of money gone, all of that it's deserved. And then you add the off the field stuff. The fact that he hasn't played in almost two years and it's deserved. And so I don't know if I expect it. I, I expect it really. Cause we're Cleveland and, you know, we've grown up on this, right? It, we bleed it, right? That and the Buckeyes. Um, in the end, I expect it to either be a glorious, he finally downed Mike Tomlin and that, that 500 record thing, or I expect it to be a glorious disaster. And anytime we say anything positive about Deshaun Watson, it is rife with, well, he lost or he's terrible or the off the field stuff and it doesn't matter and it's deserved, right? It's going to be one or the other. You know, the the blessing would be is if we can go into this offseason go, he just threw for 325 yards against the Steelers in January to down Mike Tomlin, maybe even to end their playoff hopes. Like all of that is is the hope I have. Uh, how realistic it is, that's a different conversation. Yeah, I think I just think it's going to be a really I mean, last offseason was ugly. It's got somehow the potential to rival that if uh, if he doesn't string together a really good performance or the, I mean, the offense in general doesn't put together a really good performance. And we're probably headed down that path as it is. But uh, it would be really nice if he could put one together that would kind of say uh, people could go back to the person and not the player. Uh, that would be <laughs> be that would be nice in some regard. Anyway, Jared, good show, man. We appreciate your time as usual. We will hit you up for one more of these as I can't believe it. But there are just two weeks left in the season, man. Sounds good, brother. Okay, thanks to Jared for stopping by. I appreciate your guys' patience with the episode upload situation. Uh, again, apologies for that as we have worked through some issues on my side with the family, but I think we're back on track. Should be able to get a schedule consistent again. Uh, again, uh, also remind you that we will have some good guests the rest of the week, Jordan, John, and I think we're going to get Doug Marie on to uh, talk about Ohio State, Georgia a little bit. Give us a preview of that before the New Year's Eve 8 o'clock kickoff. That'll be a big game. Uh, to kind of switch up the pace. So check that out. Otherwise, thanks for stopping by, guys. Thanks for checking out the OBR over the holiday season here. Again, hope you had a fantastic Christmas and that you and yours are staying safe wherever that is that this podcast finds you. Thanks again, Jared. Thanks again to you guys. Have a great day. Go Browns. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.